Thank you, folks. Appreciate that much. Brother Tony, you come, and I encourage you and I. Let's open up our hearts as we open up God's Word together as Brother Tony comes to preach to us. Me too. I don't move around too much. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13 is where we'll be. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. Adults could probably participate in the question time because uh, I have some easy questions for you today. <laughs> Not too deep, but uh, something that I think uh, we could all use tonight. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13. I was reading a, a few sermons this week and, and came across uh, a couple of them that are talking about the fear of the Lord. And uh, what does that mean? What does the fear of the Lord mean? And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13 says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Let's uh, say a word of prayer really quick. Dear Lord, thank you for this day, Lord. I just thank you for everything you do for us, Lord. Thank you for our salvation. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity to uh, preach your word. Lord, I just pray that you would uh, calm my nerves and give me the right words to say, Lord. And I just pray that uh, myself included, and as well as everybody that can hear me tonight, will get something from your word that can change them uh, for the rest of their lives. Lord, I just, again, thank you for this opportunity, and in your name, amen. So uh, the book of Ecclesiastes is a section of the Bible that's known as the wisdom literature. And the other books are uh, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, and Song of Solomon. And these books were written by Solomon, uh, who is, as we know, the wisest person that has ever lived. Um, The focus of these books is to instruct us in the ways of the Lord's service and the ways that we need to live our lives as far as serving the Lord. Uh, That's a big portion of these books here. And, uh, for instance, we know uh, the book of Proverbs pretty well. Uh, It seems to be the go-to book, and Psalms as well, very well-known books there. And there's a lot of wise sayings, and there are a lot of life lessons that we can learn in those books. And the book of Proverbs really is a collection of teachings or wise sayings from Solomon to his son, showing how his son should live life in order to in order to please the Lord. And that's kind of the sum of all these books here, the wisdom literature. And I believe basically it was Solomon's heart, and I believe it was, and you can see in his books, his foundation for pleasing the Lord and what he thought. And you can see through these things here, but it's mentioned quite a bit, the fear of God in these books. Solomon put that there for a reason, and I think it's worth looking at tonight. And he mentions it quite a few times. Solomon mentions the fear of the Lord in the book of Proverbs. I was looking 18 times, I believe. And obviously we see it here in Ecclesiastes and a few different other areas in God's Word. So I think it's uh, worth looking at tonight and uh, worth kind of digging into and just kind of seeing what this really means for us, what we can learn uh, from uh, this phrase, fear the Lord. So I'd like to take uh, just a few moments here and kind of explain exactly uh, what that means. And, you know, like I said, 
Uh, this sounds pretty simple. This could be something that we definitely know very well. And, or this could be something maybe that nobody's ever heard of before. But uh, I hope it's an encouragement to you tonight. And I hope it's something that uh, we can, as it, I have learned, something that we can learn and take with us as we strive to live our lives. Uh, so number one, first thing, get out of the way, is uh, the definition of the fear of the Lord. What does that mean? What does the phrase, fear God, refer to? Well, first, uh, what does the word fear mean? Now we're going back to elementary, right? Uh, I think a lot of us can kind of know what the word uh, fear means. Uh, um, When often associated with the word uh, fear, we often think of terror, don't we? Or or, uh, uh, being scared of something. That's what we often think of. Webster's Dictionary defines fear as a feeling of anxiety, agitation produced by the presence or nearness of danger, evil, and pain. Uh, you know, so that's what we often think of what fear is. I was uh, talking with the junior church kids today as we were kind of talking about the subject of fear as well, go figure, and I was telling them that me, me myself, I'm deathly afraid of spiders. And that's, I think that's about the only thing I'm afraid of other than standing up here as well. I get pretty nervous up here. But <laughs> anyways, I don't like spiders at all. And it scares me to death uh, looking at the news and, and seeing uh, that these um, brown recluse spiders seem to be inching their way closer up to Michigan. And I've seen the pictures of some of the bites and stuff, and people have to lose their arms. And whew, and it just scares me. I think I killed one in my office the other day. It took me a while to build up my uh, stamina to actually get to do that. But that's not the type of thing, fear, that we're actually talking about here. It's not the, it's not the fear of snakes. It's not the, the fear of uh, whatever it may be, the fear of losing your job, the fear of the dark. It's not any of those things there. Uh, uh, but uh, it's talking about a different type of fear here. And uh, the word fear in Scripture here is actually defined as reverence, awe, great respect. And I don't think uh, Solomon intended us to have uh, to be scared of God or to have a deep terror when we think about the word God. I don't think that's what Solomon was thinking, so that makes sense to me there. Uh, it's reverence, awe, great respect. So Solomon is saying that we are to have a deep reverence and a respect for God. We are to be awed and humbled by his presence. We aren't to treat him like he's a good buddy of ours. Uh, We aren't to treat him like he's the scariest person that we've ever met. No, we're supposed to treat him like he's the king. We're supposed to treat him like uh, he is the top priority in our lives. It's interesting uh, to look at how uh, several uh, people in the Bible and how they reacted when they were brought before the presence of the Lord. And we're going to look at a few of those uh, tonight here. If you turn to Isaiah chapter 6. I apologize. Well, uh, at the end, we'll be in Proverbs quite a bit, So, but I'm, I'll have you turn a little bit tonight. Isaiah, we're going to look at the uh, Isaiah particularly, but in the book of Isaiah chapter 6, and verses 1 through 5. This is what it says. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, 
and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. So you just kind of get like the feel of like, wow, something great's happening here. Just, And then in verse 5 here, we see uh, Isaiah uh, and his experience when he uh, was saw the king, saw the Lord. says, Then I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. So we can just kind of see just... Because of the presence of God before him, we can see that Isaiah kind of changes his mindset a little bit. You know, he comes down, he maybe lowers himself. He's like, boy, uh, woe is me. I'm a person. I don't deserve to be before the Lord. And, and just a great uh, thing that we see here. If you turn over also to Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, we have Simon Peter here. Luke chapter 5. And a well-known story here uh, where uh, the fishermen went out, out on the lake and uh, were fishing, and, but they didn't actually work. They weren't actually fishing because they didn't catch anything, pretty discouraged about it. And the Lord appeared unto them, Jesus, and uh, Jesus said, hey, go out and cast again. And you know, we know what happened, so they ended up bringing in more than what they could ever dream and uh, this is what Peter says in Luke chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. Now we can look at something like that, and obviously we can say, Oh, maybe that's the only reason he uh, uh, was such in awe of Jesus was because of the miracle that he did. And, you know, that could be the case, but, boy, just another experience here where we can see uh, Bible characters uh, being amazed uh, by uh, Jesus or God and their appearance there. And then one more, and we know this very well, again, Acts chapter 9 and verse 6, uh, Saul at his conversion, and uh, Acts chapter 9 and verse 6, and it says, And he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So obviously we know Saul, he was afraid at the first appearance of the Lord right there, but then, wow, he was pretty amazed at the Lord afterwards. And just those three different things there, and there's many more that we can find in Scripture, uh, but that is what fearing God is. I mean, we obviously we see that Saul, he was afraid, but afterwards he was in awe of, what, of who God was. And it's not being scared of him, but amazed, a great respect of him. I like what one said about the fear of God. He said this, The remarkable thing about fearing God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Fact is, God is all-powerful. We know that He can destroy us in an instant. We know that He can do great things. He's an all-powerful God. But that not, that not ought to bring us to avoid Him or be afraid of Him, but to respect Him. 
to trust him, to realize that, hey, he's our God and we serve him. It ought to bring us to kneel down before him and, and treat him like he is our king. So we look at a definition of fearing God. It's not to be afraid, although we may think that from the words fear, uh, but it's just to have an awesome respect for who he is and what he has done for us. Number two, uh, how should we uh, describe our lives when we're talking about fearing God? The description of a life that fears God. Um, in our text, we see Solomon tells us that fearing the Lord is demonstrated in the person that keeps God's commandments. And uh, turn back there really quick. It says, uh, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So we prove what we think about God by the way we live our lives. We prove that. That makes sense to us. Now, if we're going to choose to not follow God and live in sin, well, then that kind of proves that we don't care about God. But if, but if we decide to live by His commandments, live by His Word, and do everything to bring Him honor and glory, well, that, that proves that, boy, we actually do care about who He is. We do care about what we do and about pleasing Him, and that we do have a, a reverence of who He is. If we see God high and holy, a mighty God who hates sin, then you will live like you believe it. If your life, uh, if you look at your life and you and you see that that God is just somebody that you worship on Sundays, oh boy, you're going to resemble that in your life as well. Your life will tell the world what you think about God. Uh, back in Proverbs, we'll flip through a few passages here; they're pretty close by. But if you turn to Proverbs chapter three, Proverbs chapter three and verse seven. says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Proverbs 14 and verse 2. Flip over there. Proverbs 14 and verse 2. He that walketh in his uprightness feareth the Lord. But he that is perverse in his ways despiseth him. And then over, maybe just a page there, Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 6 says, By mercy and truth iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord men depart from evil. So we, we prove that we fear the Lord by how we show love, respect, and reverence for Him, above all else. Is it important to you? Is it important to you the way you live your life? It should be. Is it important to you to uh, uh, depart from evil? To, to live your life uh, by keeping His commandments. It should be. And as we do those things, well, we're proving that, hey, we fear God. We're proving that uh, we care about who He is. We prove that we fear the Lord by doing what He says. Is that important to you? Is that the way that you live your life? So that's a description of a life that fears God. It's a life that doesn't care about what I do, but it cares about everything, about pleasing Him, about treating Him the way He should be treated, about keeping His commandments. Uh, we saw the definition, the description of a life that fears God, and then uh, Roman numeral number three, if you're taking notes, the fear of the Lord 
It's a commandment. The fear of the Lord, it's a commandment. And the last words in the verse said, it's the whole duty of man. The whole duty of man. Summed up, all we really need to worry about really is fearing the Lord. That's what it says. That's what I get from it. The whole duty of man. I think if we fear the Lord, everything else kind of falls into place. And we can kind of get an idea of that. Um, If you turn to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37. As Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So, basically, if I can love God with all my heart, then I will have no trouble walking in his will, right? To me, that makes sense. If I am actually loving him with every ounce of my being, I won't have any trouble walking in his will. I won't have any trouble uh, pleasing him. Uh, if I will also not, uh, I also, sorry, won't have any trouble uh, loving my neighbors. Kind of all falls into place there. In fact, if I can love God with all my heart, which really is fearing God, it's having a respect for him, it's having a reverence for who he is, if I love God with all my heart, then I will be able to keep his commandments and honor him in every aspect of my life. I believe that is kind of what the Lord's teaching here. The whole duty of man, to fear the Lord. If we learn to fear the Lord, to have that respect that he deserves, everything else kind of just falls into place. Fearing the Lord, it's the will of the Lord for each and every one of us. Now, whatever motivates you and walking in the fear of the Lord may have different motivations as far as that goes. I don't know, but it just must be done. It's a commandment. It's the whole duty of man. It's something that we cannot uh, take, uh, we cannot let it pass on by us because he says so. And as you do so, all else kind of falls into place in your life. Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 23 says, The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. To me, that kind of sums it up right there. If you fear God, you're going to be tended to life, and uh, you shall be satisfied in everything, and you're not going to be visited with evil. We see the definition, we see the description, and we see that it's a command for us as well. Uh, But did you know that fearing God comes with great benefits as well? Fearing God comes with great benefits. I won't go through them all because there's quite a few, and uh, I'll be here forever if I went through them all, really. (laughs) But uh, I'll go through three of them here that stuck out to me and, and just see. Fearing God has benefits to it. It may sound like a lot of work, but it shouldn't be because we're serving our God, but it has its benefits. Number one, it motivates us to holiness. It motivates us to holiness. Can we become holy like our God? 
No, we can't. We can't even come close. We can't even reach the holiness that God is. Because God is perfect. God is sinless. We're not. Can we grow closer to that holiness like our Father? Of course. Yes, we can. We can always grow closer to be more like Him in that aspect. And we can do that by the fear of the Lord, which promotes holy living. A life dedicated to bringing God nothing but glory. Uh, If you turn to Proverbs chapter 3, I promise you I won't be turning to too many more. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 7. It says, Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. And then also in verse chapter 16 and verse 6. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 6. It says, By mercy and truth iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord men depart from evil. So you can kind of see here, oh yeah, that makes sense. When we d- decide to fear God the way we ought to, we're going to depart from evil. And when we depart from evil, uh, we're becoming holy like our Father. We're, we're holy living like we ought to be. A person who truly reverence and respects the Lord should not be a disgrace to him, should not dishonor, should not bring dishonor to the heart of the Lord. People who genuinely fear the Lord will flee from evil. We will not want to cause pain to our Savior by our sinful ways. Now, I think uh, it's not the way it used to be because a lot of people uh, um, give President Trump and and those people in office a lot of disrespect on social media. And, and, you know, I don't fully agree with what they do, obviously, but... uh, uh, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to pray for them and we're supposed to give them a, a certain amount of respect for their position that they're in. But, uh, you know, I think about that and, you know, I even think about maybe kings and queens back in the day. Well, nobody wanted to disappoint them. Nobody wanted to uh, uh, make themselves look bad in front of them. They, they were lifted up and, and they were the head of the country. They wanted to please them in every way that they could. Well, that shouldn't be any different than our God as well. We ought to want to live our lives wholly before him the best we can. We don't want to cause pain to our Savior. We don't want to live in a sinful way before him. And that should be the way we live our lives. And fearing God, it brings a benefit. It's holy living. You're on, you're First step right there. That's what we ought to be doing. And Job uh, chapter 1 and verse 8, we know the story well. It says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? I said that right. Escheweth, I had to look that up, it means he deliberately avoided wicked living. Boy, Can we say that for ourselves? Can I say that about myself? That I step out of my way to not live like the world, to avoid wicked living. That's what fearing God is. It motivates us 
to holy living. And uh, you may think, boy, is that a benefit? You know, it sounds like a lot of work right there. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of work to fear God and to constantly uh, do everything to His honor and glory. But I, I promise you this, and the Bible says it, if you start fearing God, well, you're going to start living right as well. And I think that's a benefit. And number two, another benefit, it produces a sense of security. It produces a sense of security. Proverbs chapter 14 uh, and verse 26 says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Basically, when we walk in the fear of the Lord, God is on our side. And we can have confidence in that. Romans 8.31 says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? My friend, it's a good thing to have God on your side. It's an excellent thing to have God on your side. He is our protector. And we have no reason to doubt when we're fearing Him, when we're uh, giving Him what He deserves. And then number three, the third benefit that I wrote down that meant something to me was it basically makes life better all around. And uh, it kind of covers everything, right? It makes life better all around. You see, most people of the world's mindset think that more is better, right? That's the way the world thinks. More is better. And by more, I mean uh, the worldly things, the worldly pleasures, uh, the things that we would call toys. You know, more is better. We have more things, that's where happiness is. And you cannot be happy unless you have stuff. That's the world's mindset, okay? Proverbs 15 and verse 16 says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasures and trouble therewith. You can be the poorest man on the corner, but God promises if you fear Him, that you won't be disappointed. Can one be rich and fear God? Oh, yes. Can one have a lot of things and fear God? Yeah, I think so, depending on where your heart is. But what great emphasis does this verse have on saying that treasures here on earth are absolutely nothing compared to well, what we can have in heaven one day? But being in the will of God and fearing Him, that's everything. What great emphasis it puts on there. And uh, I named three right there, but there's so many more benefits when it comes to fearing the Lord. Eighteen times mentioned in Proverbs, you read those passages, you'll find a lot of things that we can have as a Christian when we choose to fear the Lord. But really, I think Proverbs 22.4 kind of sums it up for us. And I'll read that for you. It says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. That sums it up all right there. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Can't get any better than that. A man who chooses to live God's way will not be disappointed. Well, how about it, Christian? Would you say that your life is lived with reverence and respect for the God that you serve? If I were honest with you tonight, I do let days go by where I don't treat my Savior like the King. He should be. And I'm sure... We're all like that at some point in our lives. What a reminder it was for me. 
that I need to be treating my God with more respect than I, than I do. I should treat him like he deserves to be treated. I should fear him the way I should. I think each and every one of us would agree that we live in a perverse and corrupt generation. You know, I think it's bad right now, and I assume that it's only going to get worse within the next generation unless the Lord tarries. And we think now is bad. Yes, we do get discouraged, yes, about some things. And you, do you know what I think uh, the world's problem is, what our problem is? According to Romans 3.18, it says, There is no fear of God before their eyes. Boy, I think if we decided to start fearing God the way we ought to, start right here in this church, let it spread out, I think this world would change. I think we can see revival. And, uh, you know, and for those of us that would say we do fear God, what an opportunity that we can have to tell others about our Savior. You know, not the type of fear where they're afraid of Him. I'm sure there are some people out there that are afraid of Him, but a God that we can respect and that we can serve and, and trust in. Uh, and, and we can each make a difference if only we choose ourselves personally in our lives to fear God the way we ought to. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Are you following that in your life? I hope you are. It was encouragement to me, and it spoke to me how I need to start living my life fearing the God that, uh, that saved me, really. All right, let's go ahead and pray, and uh, we'll be dismissed. Dear Lord, thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you again for the opportunity to do this, Lord. I just pray uh, that this message spoke to some hearts tonight, Lord. And, and I think in my life as well, and, and Lord, and, and just the things that you taught me from this passage, Lord, I just pray that for myself, that I would start fearing you more, fearing you uh, the way I ought to. And Lord, I pray that uh, this church would start fearing you more as well, and that we can see great things done for you as a result of that. Lord, I just pray that again that uh, we would just have a good night. Lord, help us to give you all the honor and glory, and in your name, amen. I ask you to join me in standing all across the auditorium. We'll keep our heads bowed and eyes closed. We'll ask the piano to begin playing, and uh, I would encourage you, as God has spoken, you respond. And are we fearing as we ought? The God of heaven, our Savior on Calvary. Does it impact our living? Does it impact our thinking? Does it impact everything that we are and do? Let's do business with him from young to old. Let's make sure we're a Christian.